You are Locked On Raptors, your daily Toronto Raptors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to episode 16 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, November 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com and TSN Radio in Toronto. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. The show is on Twitter as well, at LockedOnRaptors. And you can find links to all of my work on my Facebook page. Just search at Sean Woodley Raptors on Facebook to find it. Uh, Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find team-specific shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke. All in one place, the Locked On NBA channel on iTunes. Uh, it's where you should be going if you are in need of some NBA coverage. It's uh, it's all there for you. Um, in addition to that, we are now on iTunes as a separate page. Uh, at long last, our RSS feed pushed through. So you can now subscribe uh, and search for Locked On Raptors and subscribe to that page, uh, on, uh, separate from the Locked On NBA channel, although you should still be subscribed to both. Um, I uh, had a few people email and tweet me about the lack of an iTunes page for the first couple weeks. Here's hoping it's a little more uh, easily accessible now uh, for those of you who just want Raptors talk. Uh, I can think of no better way to consume the only daily podcast covering the Toronto Raptors right now. Um, I have submitted the show to Stitcher as well, uh, just waiting to hear back on approval for that. So for those of you who prefer that way of listening to your podcasts, uh, the show should be available there soon as well. On today's show, we're going to preview tonight's game against the the Washington Wizards. Uh, It's Toronto's first road game of the season. It goes at 7 p.m. tonight on TSN. Sportsnet is a little occupied by some baseball game. Um, Coming into this game, the Raptors sit at 2-1. Washington is still looking for its first win. They're 0-2. Um, so sort of the tail of the tape coming in, the Raptors right now uh, rank 10th in offense uh, per 100 possessions. They rank 8th in defense. You know, that's kind of where you want to see the Raptors. You know, you want to see them hanging around top 10 in both. I'm surprised that the defense is so good so far. Uh, it looked really shaky in the preseason, but it's really evened out nicely uh, so far in the regular season, aside from, I guess, the second half against Denver. Um the Wizards coming in, they're struggling. A rough start for Washington, really rough start. They're 28th in offense, 29th in defense. Pretty much everyone on the Wizards, aside from Markeith Morris, who's averaging 17-6 and six on 54% from the field, 60% from three, uh, is off to a brutal start right now. Um, I guess that's not totally true. Canadian Andrew Nicholson is putting up, you know, eight and a half points, five boards over what I think we can safely say is uh, one of the best stretches of his career. Um, <laughs> I-, I joke, but seriously... Hope it's a good year for uh, for Andrew Nicholson. I hope he can find a niche with the Wizards this season. But yeah, there's a lot of guys really struggling on Washington right now. John Wall's not shooting well. Bradley Beal's not shooting well. Uh, they don't really have a backup point guard. Trey Burke is not a guy you want to be relying on to be your backup guy uh, running your second unit. Um, that was a bizarre trade. You know, Garrett Temple was kind of that guy for them last season, and now he's in. You know, he's playing pretty heavy minutes with Sacramento, um, and they. they to be in a position where you're missing Garrett Temple is not a great position to be in, and that's kind of where the Wizards are right now. Um, so yeah, it's uh, the Raptors should be you know in line for a win tonight if you just look at you know how how the teams are playing and how they're trending right now. Obviously, Kyle Lowry got back on track on Monday uh, against Denver. That was nice to see, and potentially let's see him carry it over tonight. My three things to watch in tonight's game. Jonas Valanciunas uh, and Mar- Marching Gortat. That's a matchup that has been, uh, you know, 
kind of stacked against Valanciunas the last couple seasons. You look back to the playoffs in 2014. I talked a bit about this yesterday when I was talking about Yusuf Nurkic and how he defended Valanciunas and how it reminded me of how Gortat uh, kind of shut down Valanciunas in the playoffs a couple seasons ago. You know, he's always been a tough guy uh, for Valanciunas to, to crack. He's such a solid post defender. He gets really good position, and he doesn't really move off of position off of his position once he roots his feet there on the ground. Um, so it'll be interesting to see tonight. You know, we've seen Valanciunas so far this season flash a bit of a a different skill set in terms of his offense. He's diversifying a little bit. He's stepping out. He's throwing the jumper up a little bit. Not so much in the last couple games, but he did a lot in the first game against Detroit uh, using that pump fake, which Gortat doesn't seem to fall for uh, as, you know, a a regular skilled NBA big man should not fall for, uh, but everyone on Detroit seems to all the time. Um, But yeah, Valanciunas is stepping out a little bit more. He is obviously, you know, I talked about this yesterday. He's really flashed a lot of pro. Pro- progress in the uh, in the pick and roll with Kyle Lowry going up for lobs, just presenting himself really well, diving towards the rim really strong. Uh, Gortat's a good defender in the pick and roll as well, um, but I'm interested to see if Valanciunas can sort of take advantage of a diversified skill set uh, to maybe get a few more buckets against Gortat than he normally would. We saw that's how Valanciunas lived against Yusuf Nurkic against uh, Denver on Monday. The post touches, you know, there was only one post touch where he had any success with. Um, he made a couple passes out of the post, which was nice to see, but um, that that was a tough matchup when he got those possessions against Nurkic. It's going to be the same against Gortat tonight. Um, so interested to see if Valanciunas can sort of, uh, you know, work around that and use a different skill set and a different, you know, sort of approach on offense to get things going against Gortat. Uh, number two for me tonight, uh, I'm really interested to see if the Raptors can finally get some three-point looks going. Um, when I put out, the, put out the call for questions, Will Lou sent in one asking, why don't the Raptors shoot any threes? Um, that's perplexing for sure. They are last in the league in three-point attempts and three-point percentage. It's not looked good so far. Obviously, there's the things that are playing into that. DeMar DeRozan has been looking for his shot a lot. He's not really, you know, utilizing the kick part of the driving kick game. He seemed to have, he seemed to have developed over the last couple seasons. Um, so that's part of the reason, I suppose. That there's just so much usage going usage going to DeRozan that you're not really seeing. That there's just not enough volume for for guys around him. You know, you, we know where DeRozan's shot chart comes from. Um, and it's not the three-point line. And when he's using up so many possessions, it's just going to mean less three-pointers to go around. Um, obviously, Kyle Lowry is not yet to hit, you know, I think he's, you know, 20% from three or something like that. Damari Carroll is really the only guy who's hitting threes right now. He's at 40%, which is nice to see from Damari. That's kind of where you expect to see him over the course of a full season, so it's nice to see he's starting off well. But obviously, Patrick Patterson's not hitting them. Terrence Ross has only taken one or two all season so far. Um, he, he hit his first one of the season against uh, against Denver on Monday. So, yeah, they're just not really generating a lot of looks. They're not. It's just not a part of what they're doing right now. Obviously, you know, Valanciunas being a, more of a part of the offense as well, that's playing into it too. You know, he's got 42 shot attempts through three games. That's not really in line with what his typical averages are, so... You know, some of the shots and some of the usage is being concentrated in places that, you know, you're just not going to see a lot of three-point looks coming from. But the Raptors do need to start getting those three-point 
shots going. They need to get Patterson going. Um, Patterson, you know, he's passed up some open threes because he just doesn't look confident right now. And that's led to clunky drives and sort of awkward um, attacks of closeouts. Having Patterson just shoot those catch-and-shoot threes will go a long way to, A, boosting the, the percentage, hopefully, if Patterson can turn it around, and also uh, boosting the number of attempts, because really that's what you're looking for. You're looking for attempts. The percentage will short, will sort itself out eventually. If you're getting a lot of good, clean looks, you know the, the percentage will be there, just like it was for the Raptors last season when they were a really good three-point shooting team. Um, so, yeah, I think tonight it'll be interesting to see. Washington is a has been a dreadful team defending the three-point line this season so far. They are currently dead last in terms of opposing three-point percentage, giving up 47.4% on 28.5 attempts, which also ranks in the top five most allowed. Uh, they really having trouble defending the three-point line right now, and maybe this is a time for the Raptors to really capitalize on that and get things going because this team operates better when there's that spacing and when there's that threat of a three-point shot from two or three guys on the floor, and that just hasn't been there so far. So maybe Washington's poor three-point defense is the antidote I guess we'll see tonight. Number three for me and things to watch, uh, the second unit, um, it's not been good so far. Lowry and the bench mob has been a bit of a disappointment. It's uh, currently sitting at a minus 16.5 net rating in 23 minutes played, just an 83.4 offensive rating. It hasn't looked good, and obviously it's a different look than what it was last year. Uh, instead of Bismack Biombo alongside Kojo, uh, Kyle Lowry, Patrick Patterson, and Terrence Ross, it's Jakob Pertl, and he has been good defensively, and the defense has been fine in that on, on that lineup. Uh, 99.9 is the defensive rating right now. Obviously, such a small sample, you can't really draw much from it, but um, the, the defense is not the problem with that unit. It's been the offense. The and I mean, I mean that plays into Pirtle yet not really being refined offensively yet. He hasn't really been utilized as a as a dive threat just yet. Ross obviously hasn't hit his shots or really attempted many shots outside of the Denver game. Um, he's been fine on defense, which plays into why the lineup has been fine defensively. But you know he hasn't really got it going yet. Patrick Patterson obviously has not gotten it going yet. We've talked about it you know pretty much every day this week. And Lowry, you know, he only had one game where he was going, and a lot of his points came in the fourth quarter in a crunch time lineup that didn't feature uh, the reserves. So maybe it's just a matter of small sample and guys playing well just with different combinations and not that lineup in particular and that small 23-minute sample. But um, it is a bummer because last season that Lowry and the bench mob, you could count on it to really, you know, make up deficits when... Uh, the starting lineup sort of bled some points. The start of the second quarter was usually a time you wanted to be watching the Raptors because that lineup was just torching teams. Um, not so much the case this season so far, um, but again, tiny sample, three games. You know they're playing less than ten minutes a game uh, together, so there's some time to sort that out for sure. And uh, I'm interested to see if tonight against you know a pretty shallow Wizards team that, as I mentioned, has you know Trey Burke on the second unit as their as their as their point guard, you know, it'd be interesting to see if the Raptors tonight can kind of get that second unit rolling. Um, it's a uh, it's necessary, man. This is a team that you know again is sort of rolling out a starting lineup that isn't one hundred percent effective. It's right now as we talked about yesterday, it's a minus one point seven net rating uh, in forty minutes, which again tiny sample, but I think that's probably what you can expect from a lineup that has one guy in Pascal Siakam who is totally useless in terms of offense. So. Um, it's going to be important for the Raptors to be able to get back those points that they lose, even if it's not as drastic as it was last season, where you know there were 10-point, 12-point deficits that the second unit was making up in the second quarter. 
it's going to be really important for Lowry to be a buoy for those lineups. That's why he's out there. He's out there to prop up those those second unit lineups. And uh, it's uh, it, it's a bummer that it hasn't happened so far. I would bet on it happening eventually because I think Pirtle has shown enough defensively. He's obviously not Bismack Biombo in terms of the rim protection, but I think he's more useful offensively in terms of uh, he's more of a threat just because he's got better touch around the basket than Biombo did, and teams can't sag off of him to sell out to stop the guard in the pick and roll uh, quite as much as they did last season when Biombo was on the court when Pirtle's out there. Uh, it's just a matter of getting Pirtle some touches just to establish that threat first, I think. And... Uh, I can see that happening. I can see that happening tonight against the Wizards. So, um, lots of things that the Raptors are still sort of ironing out. And tonight against a team that's struggling and a team that is struggling in ways that the Raptors could really use a boost. Um, you know, with the three point shooting, as I mentioned, in the second unit, that's a it's a real opportunity for the Raptors to sort sort of uh, establish and sort of iron out those kinks that we've been talking about. Um, so yeah, it'll be a fun one tonight. My game day pick against the spread. So far, I'm one and two. Uh, just an update on where I'm at. I I am one and two. Lost a lot. Lost the game to Detroit. Uh, I believe the Raptors were seven point favorites there. I picked the Pistons to cover. That didn't work out so well. I barely got Cleveland to cover in the second game. Uh, they won by three with a two and a half point spread. And uh, the Raptors threw away a really easy seven point cover on Monday against Denver to bring me to one and two. Uh, right now, Odd Shark currently has this game as a pick'em, which I think is kind of low to me, given how the Raptors are playing and how the Wizards are playing at the time. Obviously, the Wizards at home, so that gives them a little bit of a boost. But with the Raptors favored by one on the road, I like them. I like them to win. So we're going with the Raptors, taking Toronto. Hopefully, this brings me to two and two, um, and we will recap that all tomorrow. Um, that's all I got for you today. I think it's you know it's a light day for news team wise nothing is really going on doesn't seem like Bebe is going to be ready again for tonight um that's got to be coming soon though you would think unless the injury is a lot more serious than the Raptors have been letting on um but it's not an urgent thing right now because Jakob Pertl has played just fine in his stead as the backup center so there's no need to rush Bebe I guess at this point as long as Pertl's playing well um so yeah, tomorrow we're going to recap the game. Again, on Friday, I mentioned this yesterday, but on Friday, Wes and Dave from Lockdown Heat are going to join me. We're going to do a little crossover episode to tee up the Friday game between the Raptors and Heat and uh, and just talk about the two teams and sort of where they're standing. A lot like we did with Chris Manning last week uh, with the Lockdown Cavs crossover podcast. Uh, so stay tuned for that on Friday. We're going to record that Thursday night. I'm going to try to get that up much earlier than I got the Friday one last week up. Uh, just scheduling-wise, I, I couldn't get that posted until just a couple hours before game time. The plan for tomorrow night is to record with Wes and Dave and then to get the Locked On Heat and Raptors crossover published early in the morning on Friday. So you have a longer time to listen to it and less time for it to become outdated. Um, so yeah, that's that's coming Friday. Tomorrow we're going to recap Raptors-Wizards. Remember, uh, the show is on Twitter at Locked on Raptors. I'm on Twitter at Woodley Sean. The show is now on iTunes. Uh, just search it on there. Uh, the link is also in the, I believe, in the description for uh, Locked on Raptors in, the, in like our Twitter bio on the, on, the, on the page there. So check that out. Uh, audioboom.com as well. Email is LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. So many ways to get in touch with, this, with the show. Now that it's on iTunes, we'd love uh, to get some you know, rates, ratings and reviews and, and some feedback. If you have any feedback for the show, always feel free to reach out to me. I believe my DMs are open. I got the email. Um, so yeah, fire me a note. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. And I will adjust as, uh, as I should. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Raptors. This has been episode number 16 for November 2nd. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow to recap Raptors Wizards. Thanks for listening.